Chapter thirty one of the Apostle of Alaska The Story of William Duncan of Metlakatla by John W. Arctander. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Phil Schempf. The Rupture. It was on the twenty eighth day of November, eighteen eighty one, that he landed in Metlakatla. The steamer on which he came brought with it a great many tons of freight for him, and stayed several hours in the harbor discharging its cargo. Hardly had Mr. Duncan turned the key in the door of his office before Bishop Ridley rushed in, and in an excited tone asked him if he was going to England to meet the committee. Mr. Duncan calmly informed him that he was not, just at present, but that if the committee, after receiving his communication, sent them some time ago, were of the opinion that his presence in England was desirable, he would go as soon as it was possible for him to do so, without interfering with his plans absolutely necessary for promoting the welfare of metlakatla there said the bishop with a malicious gleam in his eyes as he thrust at mr duncan with as much self-satisfaction as if he had been dealing the last deadly blow to a mortal enemy a sealed envelope and then as mr duncan opened it and read it i guess i am master now well bishop have you not acted a little prematurely have i refused to go home but all the same i thank you for this it clarifies the situation considerably this was the letter handed to mr duncan by the bishop church missionary society salisbury square london e c september twenty ninth eighteen eighty one to mr w duncan dear brother duncan the envelope containing this letter is placed in the hands of the bishop of caledonia with a request that he will hand it to you only in the event of your refusing to come home to confer with the committee and continuing your opposition to the spiritual work of the mission being carried on in accord with the principles of the church of england as accepted by this society with the deepest pain and sorrow the committee has come to the conclusion that in such a contingency they have no course to pursue but to take the necessary steps for dissolving your connection with the society we feel that we need hardly assure you that the committee have followed with admiration and thankfulness the history of the development of metlakatla under your hands the devotion resolution and energy with which you have stuck to the work and the wonderful influence you have been permitted to exercise over the indian mind are by no means forgotten and the memory of them must live so long as the history of the mission survives whatever be its future but the committee feels that they have paramount duties to fulfill both towards the native church built up through the agency of this society and also towards the members of the society at home we seek the extension of the kingdom of our dear lord and saviour and the principles that actuate the society are well known our allegiance to our lord forbids us to go from these principles it is now our painful duty to request you to arrange as soon as possible for the handing over to the bishop of caledonia the charge of our mission we have asked him and have no doubt that he will accede to our request to act for us temporarily and to assume the charge of the mission we cannot tell whether this decision of the committee will bring you home to england but whether by letter or by verbal communication we shall be thankful to enter into communication with you regarding a final grant footnote one cannot be surprised at the poor english of the committee at a moment when they dared to hold out to mr duncan the promise of a money bribe if he would only play the traitor to his indians and give them up End footnote. 
we cannot but repeat the expression of the deepest sorrow with which we have to convey to you a decision which has cost the committee much pain god grant that all may be overruled for good and the advance of his kingdom and may his blessing and guidance ever rest on you we remain dear brother duncan yours very faithfully in the lord fred e wigram w gray secretaries in this cruel heartless unchristian way was then to be rung down the curtain over one of the most wonderful works accomplished by one man in the world's history of missions the church not christ was to rule metlakatla when one remembers that this letter bore the same date as the letter received by mr duncan in victoria simply inviting not summoning him to london for conference and that in that letter no hint even was given of the intention of the committee to sever the relations if he did not come home one will readily admit that the course of double-dealing and underhandedness of the bishop of caledonia had manifestly been adopted by the committee if not by the society as well it was perhaps only meet that the bishop should not even respect the conditions imposed by the committee before severing as far as in the power of the society lay mr duncan's connection with his life work at metlakatla which well might have deserved greater consideration and gratitude but should deliver the letter to mr duncan though he to the bishop's knowledge never had refused to go home to england the bishop undoubtedly fearful of the consequences of this overreaching unless he could be present in person and excuse it did not choose to comply with the committee's request to take charge of the mission but deputized mr collison to act as the agent of the society and precipitately fled to england on the same steamer on which mr duncan had arrived at metlakatla one of the indians seeing him leave on the steamer the bishop had expected mr duncan to take out of metlakatla cried after him as he left the beach haman was hanged on his own gallows was he not immediately upon receiving this inconsiderate dismissal from his life work in connection with the society mr duncan prepared to leave and vacate the mission house when what had transpired had spread like prairie fire in the village one of the indian houses was at once set aside for him and hundreds of loving hands were ready to carry his furniture and his books to the new quarters there was great excitement and the feeling at the outrageous conduct of the society and the bishop ran high but be it said to the credit of the indians there was no breach of the peace that same evening a meeting was held at which the indians unanimously passed a resolution requesting mr duncan to remain as their preacher and teacher but he refused to give them an answer then as they were excited and many of the people were away the same answer he gave to another resolution of similar import adopted at a second meeting held shortly afterwards before deciding he wanted to be sure that all the people were with him and that their action was not taken in haste and excitement which they might rue thereafter the church had not been opened from the time of his dismissal till about christmas time when everybody was back in the village the elders then called a meeting in the church for discussion on the action of the society all the natives came out sick and well young and old even the cripples humped along as fast as they could only mr duncan was absent he did not want to influence them by his presence the meeting did not last long these people intuitively felt what he had done for them and what he had been to them they knew that they owed him all that they now prized happy homes loving families peace order civilization 
and most of all a sure hope of heaven and they needed no long harangues in order to know what to do a few speeches were made short to the point and full of feeling every heart beat in unison and when one of the elders put the question to them will you have the bishop or shimalget for your leader footnote the chief the name which all of them had given to duncan for years every child in the village knew who shimalget was there was only one of that name in the village End footnote. even the holy place where they were and their great respect for it could not restrain a shout of shimalget which almost shook the solid walls and when a show of hands was called for every hand in the house was raised for mr duncan not one hand stirred for the bishop now mr duncan was sent for he came the elders met him at the door and conducted him to a seat prepared for him at the head of the central aisle one of the elders george usher then approached bible in hand and turning to the congregation said you are now asked to confirm with your own voices your action at the different meetings and to say whether you wish mr duncan to continue as your teacher and minister all of you who so desire show it now to mr duncan by holding out your hand to him every hand in the audience went out to their beloved teacher the elder turned to mr duncan placed the bible in his hand and said in behalf of this christian congregation i say to you continue to be our minister and go on teaching the word of god as you have done for the last twenty years that is all the ordination as a minister of the gospel mr duncan ever had methinks that perhaps it may suffice even if it is not strictly according to ecclesiastical rules mr duncan at least considers it as sacred and holy as the laying on of hands would be by a bishop who to such an extent forgot all mandates not only of christian priesthood but of christian manhood that he did not hesitate to report to the society in face of the foregoing facts which constitute the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth the following misrepresentation at one of the public meetings mr duncan put the question will all on the lord's side hold up their hands all held up their hands then he artfully said all on the bishop's side hold up their hands imagine their surprise at being thus ensnared several afterwards told me that they did not know that mr duncan was the lord or they would not have raised their hands mr duncan briefly told them that he accepted their call and assured them that he would remain as their teacher the public services were now resumed as well as the educational work in the school public improvements were again started the work went on just as if there had been no rupture and all mr collison had to do in order to earn his salary as the society's agent was to hold on to the keys of the mission house which mr duncan had turned over to him end of chapter thirty one